What's tea, y'all? I know some of you are out there right now having a hard time, having problems in your relationships, having trouble with life, or maybe you're on social media swiping and swiping, thinking, why can't that be me? Why can't I do that? Well, I'm here to let you know that you can. This is Create Your Own Story with Terrell Garnett, where we not only help you create your own story, but we let you tell yours too. Let's get into it, y'all. Still never get used to hearing that intro as many times as I've heard it. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, and hearing your voice or seeing yeah, yourself, yeah. Right, it's kind of like surreal, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't listen back to the podcast at all after I post them, they're done. Like, you know, unless I have to like cut clips or whatever from it. But even then, okay. like, I kind of generally know what, where I want to cut when I'm speaking to the person, what part of the clip I want to choose. I, I really don't listen back right, to Right, right. You just roll with it. Yes. Bloopers and all, huh? Exactly. Um, so <laughs> let's just get into it. We'll start off. How's your I'm gonna allow you to Jump introduce right in. yourself. You know, before I forget, let me have you introduce yourself, tell the people what you do and who you are. Cool. Thank you. Uh thank you first of all for having me. It's an honor, honestly, to be here. It's actually my first podcast. So I really appreciate you for that. Um, uh, my name's Calvin Henry though. Um, I run Core by Cal Athletics. It's a, a personal training program that uh, I'm bringing to, that I brought to the 805 for the past eight to 10 years as a trainer, um, but recently branched out into doing my own um, training business. I used to, you know, kind of run with gyms and uh, train at a gym, but recently started my own uh, mobile fitness center uh, where I have my squat rack attached to the hitch of the truck, um, barbells, kettlebells, dumbbells, uh, battle ropes, all coming out of the truck. So it transformed into a gym on wheels. And I'm I'm servicing the 805 with uh, fitness to go and um, doing athletic training with that, um, doing private personal training with that, and then also branching into corporate programs with that. So um, just growing in the fitness industry and servicing the people that I come across with health and wellness in every aspect of the word is essentially what I'm about. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah. How did you know that this is what you wanted to do? How you wanted to, the career field you wanted to go in? I didn't. <laughs> it kind of fell upon me. I fell into my lap, man. You know, we're getting real and we're diving right in. Um, I got into fi- uh, into fitness because I had plenty of time after the second DUI that I got and um, had plenty of time to work out because I wasn't driving. I wasn't doing anything else, but just working out as my source of, you know, mental health and my source of wellness. And through that, through that struggle came um, a blessing, which allowed me to, you know, become an expert at personal training, become an expert at fitness. Um, and it just continued to grow from there. I was at Gold's Gym in Oxnard and they saw me there every day and they were like, Hey, uh, do you want to be one of our trainers? We have a spot, you know, we see you already, you know, doing what it takes. So, um, you know, we want to get you a spot here, started working at Gold's Gym and then continued to just grow within that company and then quickly started my own studio and then um, had a fallout with the uh, business partners that I went into with and then kept growing in gyms and in the industry and then, you know, branched out into doing my own. So it just came out of me doing what I was called to do at that moment and just like continuing to just be the best that I could at it. And then um, just also you know, continuing to pursue my love for sports. You know, so it just fell into my lap in the sense, in the sense that, like, I wasn't, you know, expecting to be a personal trainer. Um, but I just always had the passion for sports and fitness um, just from being raised in an athletic household. So kind of a culmination of both of those. That's amazing. That's amazing. I um, There's a few things that you said that I want to touch on. Um, like, so, for instance, for me, I always felt like I never knew what I wanted to do. Um, but I did know that I, like, I always wanted to be on the real world. 
I don't know why. Nice, yeah. Um, Bro, I, I feel you or not. I felt like I, I had a personality for it. Um, and that was my show. I, I felt like I, I could do that. But um, when I had my chance to be on it, I turned down the audition. Um, I remember going to church, um, at one church, um, and Niecy Nash, shout out to Niecy Nash, was there. And she was saying how, like, we see all these reality TV shows and, and you know, people have to put on this persona to you know, make it a longevity career. And then you're mm-hmm. like putting on this persona, but that's not really who you are. And she's like, so do you mm-hmm. really want to portray somebody for the rest of your life that you're, that you're not? And it really mm-hmm. made me think like, dang, she's right. Cause I know what, if I got on that show, I know what I would have to do to be noticed or to make it a career, like you yeah. know, to be out there. Yeah. Um, to be a personality exactly. and a character. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like I don't, so I didn't, I didn't go to the audition. Um, but I don't regret what, it. What, what were they like asking you to do? Were they asking you to be somebody, something that you're not? Or not were not like... exactly, but I mean, you've seen many TV shows, people that are popular, right. are like, are, are like over the top. They're extra. Extra. And I would have had to do that. I might've had to get into a fight, um, do something shady that necessarily is not in my character, but yeah. Just so I can, you know, be known. That's what I would, you know. Right. Have right. To so how did, how did church kind of like, exactly. you know, help you and unravel then, that? Exactly. You and you then, church on top of that, it may not have even gone anywhere. So then I would have acted crazy. That's not me for no reason, you know? So yeah. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't, and I always knew that I wanted a show. And I always knew that I wanted to work somehow in the music industry. Um, and... I have a podcast now and I help artists and stuff. So like I kind of am doing that. And then recently I am uh, working exclusively with the artist and producer and I'm like A&Ring an album or whatever. And there's just certain things that I never thought that like that I wanted to do that I seen myself doing it, but I didn't, you know, it, it, it just fell into my lap, I guess you could say. So to go on what you're saying with, you know, the gym, it's something that you're good at and it just, it fell into your lap, you know? For sure. I I vibe with that. Um, I definitely do though now see, and when you're, as you're saying that, how um, I always kind of knew that I wanted to be my, uh, be my own boss or be a business owner, you know, because for some reason I always felt that um, I just never clicked with, (laughs) I guess, authority (laughs) to be, you know, to put it frank. Um, it was always hard for me to like kind of take orders and like, you know, just uh, do something for somebody else's dream, you know? So I always felt like I needed to start my own. I needed to do my own thing. And, um, you know, I was the best to have found that Avenue and that like, you know, direction and channel mm-hmm. with, um, with fitness, you know, just cause of like how, good it made me feel how much like how you know naturally good you can get at it just yeah. through repetition and um it just like kind of kept growing so yeah i love that so um test some questions get into some more dialogue what do you think uh life's teaching you right now what do i think life is teaching me right now how to be patient um patience is definitely one of the things that i'm learning right now um and i think that's a, like a lifelong process but um i know patience is definitely one of the things that like i've been having to really dial in on i guess because of um my ambitious nature like i've always been an ambitious person you know and i've been called you know ambitious or uh overly ambitious or you know optimistic because I'm always looking at the bright side. I'm mm-hmm. always trying to like find, you know, the um, the silver lining and look at the, you know, the blessings you know, in disguise. And I'm always looking for that. So in terms of ambition, I was always ready to just jump on something, you know, like I have countless, countless business ideas. Like honestly, there's so many that I can just wrap off to mm-hmm. that like I've actually like wanted to implement and like I went about doing them. I remember I had like this uh, fitness online fitness program that I uh, created a brand for called Fit Five Live, mm-hmm. and you know, like I I got felt the call and I was like I gotta just jump on this. While meanwhile, like I'm still trying to build core by cow, and you know I jumped into Fit Five Live, 
and then um, kind of like switch gears with it. And then um, I had a like dream for, which is still deep in my heart for a sports complex. Uh, um, and then figuring what else, you know, like other <laughs> idea, business ideas that kind of came to me. I have an idea for a clothing line, you know, for a lot of these visions that like come to me that like want to be manifested into businesses. But um, I have to understand the timeline. I have to understand the process that it takes to make something out of nothing, to create something and be able to make it successful. You know, um, with Core by Cal, I feel like I've been humbled and learned, you know, patience uh, with my company because um, I started with a couple business partners under a different business name, under a different studio called Raise the Bar. So we started Raise the Bar Fitness um, through the business plan of Core by Cal Mobile Fitness Center. So I wrote out the business plan for what I'm living right now. So this dream that I'm living right now, running fitness out of my truck, is something that I wrote out as a business plan um, eight to nine years ago, something like that. And I brought it to a business partner. He was like, oh, we should bring it to a studio. And we built up the studio. My business partners ended up kind of like flaking. They ended up flaking. Two of them left. Um, so at that time I was like, it was still growing and then we were still building momentum. So I was like, let's just take it to the next level. Like I want to do the sports arena. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like already just visualizing the sports arena. I was looking at different, uh, facilities, wrote out the business plan for the raise the bar sports arena, where we would have kids run sports leagues, doing, uh, indoor soccer, indoor flag football or seven on seven and indoor basketball, volleyball running all kinds of indoor stuff and just running a league out of this uh, sports complex. Wrote the business plan out, went and sought out like investors, went and sought out realtors, uh, contractors, all the, all the whole night. And it was overly ambitious. I had, you know, bitten off a lot more than I can chew mm-hmm. and put my name out there on it and like, you know, really tried to go for it and it didn't pan out. So I got humbled in that. So I had to learn that, um, success is a slow process sometimes it takes you know laying down the bricks brick after brick mortar after mortar to build the foundation you know you have to be diligent and you have to be disciplined in laying down that foundation in order to build something that's worthwhile you know yeah i totally feel and that. build something that's successful yeah i'm gonna touch on two things that you said so first yeah. off the uh, patience i think for myself i literally just realized more so recently that i'm super impatient um mm. with with a lot of things <laughs> um <laughs> with some things i'm like okay i know this is going to take a while i'm cool with that and then there's other things it could be just conversations with certain people and they're like telling me a story and i'm just like can you get to the point cuz my attention span's not <laughs> that long um if i'm not solely invested in the conversation, yeah. then I'm just like, okay, what's the point? Like, get to the point, because I, you know, like, what's the point of the story? And then they're like, oh, long story short. No, yeah. this is a long story. You didn't tell it short. I, like, I need to get to the point. <laughs> like, tell it later. Yeah, and then long and then, story told. With my day job, like certain things, like I'm very straight. I'm a very straightforward person, and because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very straightforward because I'm impatient. So for me, yeah, I don't that. want you to have to ask any follow-up questions. I'm just going to give it to you raw. And sometimes that can come off like rude, in a sense. Right. But you don't have to guess with me because I already told you what the deal is. You don't have to, you know, you may need to know how yeah. to do something, but you know that these are the consequences. This is what this is or whatever. And they're like, oh, you got to be nice. I don't care about being nice. Like, <laughs> you know, like I just need you to get the job done because I don't want to have to go back and do this or whatever. You act like you didn't know from the get go. If you didn't do this, that and the third that this would happen. So I'm just going to tell you straight up. This is how it is. And then for me, I would like the same in return because I don't need to guess what you're trying to say. Just tell me straight up. I'm right. going to take it. So right. I'm impatient and so many different ways um um and and that's one reason why at work i always ask so many questions because i don't want to have to go back later and do something or fix something i just want to get it done right then and there um and then the second thing with success what would you say your definition of success is it's a good question mm. 
I feel like success is actualizing the certain level of, you know, self-gratification, certain level of pride that you know you need to hit in order to make yourself happy and to be able to sleep soundly at the end of the night, knowing that you did a job well done. You know, because um, I think a lot of times with success, we can again be ambitious, right, and see um, a very put up a very lofty goal, and if we don't meet it, that then we don't feel successful. You know, so it's getting to a point where you can feel like you've accomplished what you need to in order to feel like you um, accomplished whatever you know, bringing you gratification, bringing you peace, bringing you uh, fulfillment, bringing you um, a good night's sleep, knowing that you did a job well done. I feel that. So would you say you're successful? Not yet. <laughs> I, I, I ain't sleeping yet. Right, I, I ain't sleeping soundly yet. Yeah. I still got, still got some restless nights with all these business plans that I'm writing up, bro. I feel well, I'm going to... Break away real quick because I'm going to play a song. So if you're new to the podcast, I play songs, um, whether they be from a playlist that I've made or something that, Uh you know, fits the mood or something that, you know, I want to hear at the time. So this song is actually, first off, I want to, it's Black Music Month. So I want to showcase a group that happened to be black. Um, But this is my favorite group. um, And it's a funny story. This is the Walls group that I'm going to play. So the music that I play today is going to be from the Walls group. But um, I kept seeing their names and I never listened to their music. Never listened to their music. And I was just like, oh, whatever, you know. And then one day in March, I was just like, uh, 2020, I was like, well, I have to keep seeing their names. Let me, you know, for the past couple of years, I've never listened to them. Uh, so I was like, let me just check them out. And I listened to this song called yeah. Satisfied, which I'm not about to play now. And what I was going through at the time, like, it just put so, like, mind-blowing perspective in my mind. Um, so the song Satisfied is about how, like, we always say, like, if I don't reach my dreams, if I don't do this, if I don't get these things, am I going to be satisfied with God? And then, like, on the flip side of it, it's like, they say, like, towards the end of the song, it's like, okay, well, are you satisfied with me and everything that I'm doing? Like, I'm putting all these, you know, things on you, but are you satisfied with the life I'm living and the things that I'm doing? And I was like, oh, snaps. Like, I never thought about that. Like, you know, like, and it literally just changed my whole I want to say view on life, but it just changed everything from that moment on going forward for me and the bad place that I felt that I was in, like literally between the Walls group, Kiara shared, shared and Samo, like totally turned my, my life around for the better. Um, not that I was doing bad or anything crazy bad or anything like that, but yeah. But this song right here is um, Friend and Me, and I literally thought that this was like from the soundtrack of the last Toy Story because it came out around the same time Toy Story <laughs> it is. But when you listen to it, you're going to be like, oh, that does sound like the Toy Story song. But I okay, personally cool. love it, and I feel that so many people can relate. So we'll get into more dialogue after this song. So again, this is The Walls Group, Friend in Me. What's going on, my boy? It's been a while since the last time we called. Remember that 
Again, that's the Waz group friend to me, but don't it sound like Toy Story? <laughs> nah, it was totally Toy Story, bro. Yes. <laughs> you got a friend in me. Yeah, they like put R&B twist to it. Like. For real, for real. Um, hey, that's dope. I like that you do that. I like that you put music uh, in your podcast. Oh, like, you. You kind of like give it a little break and then that's unique. I like it. Thank you. I tried to do, I mean, I don't, I'm starting this podcast. I never listened to podcasts minus like, uh, the, what is it? Um. Charlamagne the God's podcast, what's that called? The Breakfast Club. I listen to, depending on the art or the artist or whoever's going to be on or the show, yeah. I'll listen to, watch those episodes. But other than right. that, I never really listened to the podcast. And then I've seen like maybe or heard one or two of um, Amanda Seals, because I love Amanda Seals um, podcast. But other than that, I, so I always tell people, I'm like, if mine's, is, if mine's is different than anybody else's, I wouldn't know because I don't listen right. to podcasts. That's not my. That's cool, bro. Thing. You're just bringing you, just doing you. Yeah, so you know, I'll pop off one of these days. So I can't wait when I get my TV show, and because it's gonna happen one of these days when I get my TV yeah, show. Yeah, bro. Um, I'll just have a musical, bro, a, a musical guest. You know, I like that. So that's dope, dude. That's, that's another one, bro. I straight up, I wrote like I thought. I think I wrote a business plan for like a real world type of like show uh-huh. or like a Keeping Up with the Kardashians type of show. I thought. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, like, my dreams were big. Like, dreams are big, you know? But uh, I was after it. I wanted to be on Real World 2 and did a whole series of it. Like, I would go around filming my family because we were, like, out in the, like, you know, in the nightlife and, like, trying to be cool in Ventura County. We wanted to be, like, the Kardashians of Ventura County, pretty much. That's like, funny. Didn't <laughs> work out? That what? I said, didn't work out? <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> um so go along with the song friend and me um with the last two years with the whole pandemic and everything that has happened how have you grounded yourself with um just relationships i feel like i don't want to say before this because some people are good friends but like i believe that before the pandemic um we were oh people were so focused on you know, like how they look on social media or how, you know, just being out in in the world. And because of the pandemic, we had to basically slow down and stop everything we're doing. We couldn't go nowhere. We po- couldn't even really see some of our mm-hmm. friends sometimes because of, you know, mm-hmm. COVID and everything. Um, how mm-hmm. did you lose any friends or how was your friendships that you had from 2020 coming into now? Like how have they gotten stronger or weaker if they have okay yeah no that's good um for, yeah the pandemic was just unforeseen man. it was crazy yeah. unprecedented but um i think there's like three parts to that for me um first part is like the friendships that i have long established that are like my ride or die friendships people that i've been with since i was like in fourth grade mm-hmm. like, i'm at a wedding right now for uh, one of my best friends that I've known since fourth grade, right? Awesome. Uh, and all of our friends have been together since then. So we, we have such a like bond that we're brothers, you know, like it's even through rare. the pandemic. Well, that I, I can hear it. I said that was very, that's very rare. It is, it is. Like we were just talking about, I was just talking about that with like some of the uh, like family members. It's like, wow, like, you guys are still friends. Like that's yeah. really cool. You know, like they're really like proud of us for that. And I think it is. Um, so I value their friendship, you know, and luckily pandemic or not, like it's not going to change our friendship. You know, like it seems like, you know, we can go through a whole year's worth of not speaking and then just jump right back in. Like, you know, we're family. Um, so I love them for that. Um, through the pandemic specifically though, um, I did feel like we did lose touch and I did lose touch of like a lot of like, other friends, you know, like people at the gym or like people, you know, at even my workplace or just like, you know, other relationships, mainly because I was in a relationship. Um, so I started dating this girl, um, nine, 2019, like September, 2019. And it was like right before COVID. So <laughs> when I do something, I'm all in, I'm an all or nothing kind of guy. So I was all in, in this relationship. 
and pretty much lost sight of like my friends even before COVID. Like, cause I was just focusing on trying to build this relationship, which in my eyes was leading toward marriage. So I'm all in, I'm putting all this time and effort to build a relationship with her and her daughter and, um, COVID hit and it kind of just like bonded us even closer. Cause we were going through this pandemic together and it made it so that, um, you know, we were just like spending more time with each other, really getting to know each other, you know, figuring out if we can live with each other and, you know, deal with each other on like those kind of ends. And, uh, it went, it was going really well. Um, until it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like <laughs> until it wasn't. No, because then, um, yeah, I guess uh, you know we'd start having some problems, and we would chop through a lot of them. But um, there was a lot of things that um, she couldn't deal with. Um, she was very like controlling, so things were outside of her control. Her way to handle um, conflict and. Um, argument or disagreement was to kind of attack and say like well it's my way or the highway kind of deal like you got to kind of you know fall in line not not necessarily so harsh like that but you can feel that i can feel that it wasn't like very mutual in terms of like the way that we were trying to um work through you know our struggle to work through our differences you know it felt like i needed to be more in on that so um that kept happening and kept happening and I would talk to her about it and hope that, you know, we could work things out, you know? Um, but it didn't, I lost a lot of trust in the ability, in our ability to do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, trust it's, it's something that, you know, I just heard yesterday on that show, all American. I don't oh, know if you've seen show. that, but I love all American. I was literally a, just talking about how dope show, right? everybody on that show, even the ugly people are beautiful. Are beautiful. <laughs> I don't get everybody beautiful on that show. Everybody. I'm like, really though like, yes i'm just right. like whoever cast <laughs> but, this <laughs> they did a good job but it's, yeah it's so good though so um the mom on the mom of one of the characters says that trust is so hard to build and so easy to break Boy, it's Spencer's crazy mom. how trust you know you can take years hours you know whatever how long however long it takes to build but in one moment it can break and it's mm-hmm. hard to build back up you know and it's worth it uh, you can build it back up again you know, but it does take maybe even longer or does take a lot of time. So I think I had felt so many transgressions um, throughout, you know, all my sacrifice and, you know, devotion in the relationship that I didn't feel like I can trust that we can continue to build. So I ended the relationship and got to a pretty low point, felt like pretty depressed and felt like, you know, alone and, you know, covid so i not only did i lose the one person that i was you know building my life around i also didn't have anybody else really because i had dedicated so much time to her so that's where um roar stepped in that's where i was able to build um my relationship at roar church and being able to grow in the community grow in the friendships there and grow and just like being able to trust people and trust like that i can share my true self and you know build a relationship back up um, you know, with people who are like-minded, with people who are, you know, positive and, you know, want the best for me and praying for me. So, um, having that, like, you know, I guess, um, foundation back, back to my life was a way that I can reestablish, um, you know, my friendship, reestablish these relationships that, um, I felt like I had lost. So, um, they're definitely a blessing, you know, my friends that have arrived, that have stuck with me since, you know, day one, mm-hmm. they're a blessing. Um, but it's all been a learning process and I love how it. to keep those. <laughs> I like what you referenced about the trust thing. Um, so recently, uh, for myself, uh, I, I didn't do anything. <laughs> and that's what the crazy thing about it is. So I believe someone lost a bit of trust uh-huh. in me over a post that I made. And I stand uh-huh. by my post because they just took it the wrong way. So the post basically yeah. stated, um, so it was after the shootings, um, and they're probably going to get mad that I talk about it on here, but at the end of the day, this is my truth. So, you know, yeah. they can go yeah, create their yeah, story over your truth, Yeah, so I made the post, so everybody knows what happens with the shooting, the mass shooting at the school, and other mass shootings that have happened within the last, what, three, four weeks? There's been so many different mass shootings. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, back yeah. to back. So... Um, I said on Instagram that, and I, 
I haven't posted anything in a while because I used to be super vocal. Like me, I wanted to be on the real world. And I don't know right. where, <laughs> what happened or where the transition happened where I stopped voicing my opinion on social media. I mean, because that's what it's for. Um, right. Um, but I just stopped doing it. I didn't know where it happened from. I don't know if it's like because I have the podcast and I want to be more positive that I don't, you know. But then I have to, you mm-hmm. know, think that like, again, this is my story. So I can say whatever I want mm-hmm. as long as I'm not mm-hmm. trying to offend anybody. Granted, people may get offended, but that's that's on them. Like, exactly. they, you right, choose right. to get offended. Um, I am a certified life coach. So I say this with my knowledge and stuff. You, people choose to get offended. Like, it's very rare that people totally. in, in, intentionally do things to you. Sometimes when people do things, it it's not to to harm you or it's not to disrespect you or it's not to offend you or whatever. They just do something not thinking about you, you know, in the crossfire or whatever. So anyways, back to my story. Mm-hmm. So I said on there that I was like, I've seen a lot of people post recently about how they're afraid to send their school, their kids to school. So prior mm-hmm. to the shootings, I went to Vegas to go to the Lovers and Friends concert and visit some family. And I was talking to oh, my cousin. Nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, talk to my cousin. I heard there was. Okay, yeah, there was yeah. a sh- there was an alleged shooting out there too. <laughs> there, yeah, there really I heard about that alleged though. shooting there. Um, I had a friend that was there. She like, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, um, my cousin was saying how she was afraid to send my godson to school because you know, like they've been robbing the kids, have been robbing other kids or whatever, and she doesn't want that to happen to him. And she has no other choice but for him to basically walk home. So, um. That went along with what I was my post, which I said that um, for black mothers, they've always had to worry about sending their kids to school. They've always like mm-hmm. since the beginning of time, like when since they were able right. to send their kids to school. Yeah. you know there was racism back then. Well, I mean, there's racism now. Yeah, <laughs> right. But yeah, there no, was like you know yeah, racism back then, and it was so open and present where you know people kids would get. Um, don't bleach on or attacked or whatever just for going to white school or whatever. Right. And then I just found out recently, this is a little off topic, that like in certain cities and stuff where there are predominantly black schools or whatever, that is due to the fact that they were white schools, but because the law passed and black people were able to go to the schools, the white people... Caucasians, I don't know. I, I want to be politically correct, <laughs> but they sent the right. their, they sent the their right kids. People. Yeah, they sent their <laughs> kids to private schools so they didn't have to be in the classroom with black black kids anymore. So wow. yeah, that's crazy, right? To yeah. to think like you know, but some people still think like that. So, anyways, I made that saying mm-hmm. that like yeah. black parent, black mothers and parents have always had to deal with worrying about sending their kids to school. I wasn't. I did not reference the shooting at all. I was speaking in general. Um, yeah. And one of my friends got upset and was really hurt. And she sent me this long text message saying how that was really um, wrong that I posted something like that. She can't believe I posted something like that. Um, there was kids that had been slain and they were pretending that there was or that they were dead and had blood all across their body or whatever. And like, and I'm like, I I apologize for offending you because that was never my intention for you to be hurt by something that I said. Right. But what I said was true. And she was just like, yeah. um, well, all all parents worry about their kids. Um, black people are not the only person that people that go to things. And I'm like, I feel like you're all lives mattering me right now. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was yeah, like, oh, she was like, exactly. Oh, so now there's a bigger issue. <laughs> right. Because now right. I realize how you feel. Like, you know, like, yeah. you may, like yeah. I wasn't. She was felt that I was making the shooting an issue about race, which I wasn't because I, was, I wasn't talking about the shooting at all. And yeah, so you were then just bringing I, light exactly, to a reality. Exactly. So then I asked her, I said, well, I know that you're so hurt about these kids getting slain, but were you this upset last week when those black people got shot in the grocery store? And then a couple mm-hmm. of days later, there was some Asian people that got killed, the mass shooting with the Asian mm-hmm. people got killed. Were you that hurt and upset then? Because if you weren't, then that's the real issue. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, a life, yeah, is, a life is a life. Doesn't matter how old life's you are. Dead. Doesn't matter how old you are. A life is a life. Um, and those kids' right. lives weren't, are not more important than these other people, from the Asians and Black people that get killed. So, right. um, I tried to squash the beef, 
and be like, well, this is where I was coming from. And I told her the thing and she's all like, you, you just don't get it. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, I made the po- post. What do you mean? I don't get it. I made the post. All right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we haven't spoken. I was like, it's in your hands, you know. But at this point, it's like I, there's a saying that shout out to Isaiah. He said um, that there's a lot of things that you can agree to disagree upon. But yeah. when it comes to certain issues like race and stuff, you can't agree to disagree on that. And the fact that she all lives mattered me in that yeah. aspect, it's like y- you let me know that you don't see the value in black lives. And that may not have been your intention, just like my intention wasn't to make you feel bad. Um, yeah. But that's exactly what you did. So you have to rectify that situation. Yeah. But if you don't see that you did anything wrong, then I'm not in the business to make you see it. Yeah. Uh, I like your stance on that, um, you know, towards the end of it. I mean, it's like accepting that that may be how she thinks because that could be a reality. Yeah. As, uh, you know, unfortunately, it may be, you know, it's just tough that people kind of take offense to something that you're speaking about yourself. You know, it, it takes me to this book, uh, The Four Agreements mm-hmm. by Don Miguel Ruiz. I have that book. You read that? Yeah. I have it somewhere around here. I've read it, yeah. Yeah. So I, I like, I've, I think I reread it recently or like I rethought of like the four agreements. I was like, oh, what are they? Like, I want to remember those. Mm-hmm. So I created an acronym to uh, remember them. And it's B-A-D-D. Bad. Booty bad. <laughs> <laughs> right and um i'll get to you know the point and like where this is coming from because really quickly the first one b is be impeccable with your word right impeccable being uh without sin and being without and pecar the spanish root is sin right so be without sin uh, so in other words speak your truth right speak from a, from a truthful perspective like speak from an objective truth of something that is good and true that you know in your heart and your soul is right, right. Mm-hmm. So I believe that's what you were doing. Yeah. Um. And you you shining light on what that you know meant to you and what the situation is and what the reality is with you know um, racism being so intertwined with you know the lives of so many so many people, especially mothers. You know, so recently, like you got to yeah. think like segregation was recent yeah like like that that's like the 60s like that's like not even 50 60 years ago that's not even like my 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 dad's life yeah you know what i'm saying so it's recent so to think that we can undo that trauma so quickly and be all good like it's not the reality so you're speaking on a reality you're speaking on a truth that you're feeling so that's the the first part, being impeccable with your word. Um, second one, A, um, always try your best. Always do your best anyways. Um, so at the end of the day, you can always feel like you're, you know, being your best self. You don't have to ever leave with any regret because the regret can be one of the worst emotions to have to like harbor and deal with, you know, because it sits with you and it can stem and fester. So you don't want to live with that. So as long as you know, in every moment you're trying to do your best, by yourself through by everybody then you can be you can sleep well at the end of the night right we can have that success um the first d is um don't make assumptions and then the other d is don't take anything personal right i love that one don't take anything personal because it talked in the book it talks about everybody every person is speaking from a objective truth or subjective truth i'm sorry they're speaking from their own reality from their own dream as domingo ruiz puts it right they're speaking from what they see and their lens is filtered through all their life experiences they're being filtered through whatever is going on in their life and whatever's happening in their life that's coming out into how they're seeing whatever they're seeing so whatever you're saying they're coming back to you with their perspective their own filter, their own dream, as um, Domingo Ruiz puts it, right? So in other words, their reality, their truth. So when we know that, we got to understand that, like, we're dealing with somebody who may be speaking to us through a lens of hurt and maybe speaking to us through a lens of, you know, um, envy or maybe speaking through to us with a lens of hate, like, 
you know, anger, like, you know, resentment. They're, they can be dealing with their own greed, their own lust, their own whatever it is that they're going through and they've been filtered because they've been hurt or that they've, they've experienced this. That's what they're seeing. So this lady may have been seen only from a perspective and lens of a mom. And she's like, yo, like, how do you not see that, you know, this is what mom's got to deal with? Yeah. And nowhere in your statement did you say that you're not dealing with those honoring yeah. what they're, they're, they're what they're going through. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's sad that she didn't see that and she was just speaking from her hurt. Yeah. But it just takes back to those four agreements and how you can have, I guess, that peace, you know, at the end of the day, because you know that you were speaking impeccably and your own truth and doing what you got to do. So yeah. keep doing you. Yeah. And I think um, I was... <laughs> My guilty pleasure, I was watching um, Housewives of, I think, Beverly Hills or whatever. And one of the girls, Garcelle um, Fancy from Jamie Foxx show, said to this other girl that um, they were talking about racism. And she asked her a question about, Are, do you see color? And, and Garcelle said that she felt that she set the other girl up. And I was like, mm. I felt that because you you hit me up telling me that you feel this type of way. But no matter what I said... You already mm. had made up in your mind that I was the bad guy and I shouldn't have posted yeah. that and said that. So it doesn't matter what I say. I can apologize, which I did, but anything yeah. after that, like, like, what did you want from me? Yeah. You like, know, what was like, the point of you coming at you like that? Exactly. Like, you know, like, yeah. it is what it, I don't, I don't like the saying, it is what it is. I hate that saying because I mean, right. people's feelings are involved nine times out of 10 with certain things. So it's not, it is what it is. But, with this particular situation, you know, like, it, what can you do? It's in, it's in yeah. your because you're the one that's upset. I'm not upset. Um, right. Yeah, you know, like, you, yeah. so. Because yeah, you can see that she's just speaking from, you exactly, know, her own I, land. I don't you take know? it personal, but, like, the one thing that I will say that something that does make me take things personal, it's like the, you know, like, when people say, like, what's your biggest pe- pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve is when people, um, kind of attack my character. Um, mm. And I feel like you hitting me up, asking me these questions, um, you must not know who I am. And mm, I've done yeah. so good and runs with this Beyonce song, um, Yes, where she's all like, I say yes to you, I say yes to you. But the one time that I say no, then it's like, oh, I, it's like I never said yes. So it's like, I've done all these good things. I've helped you out so much. And not, yeah. that, not that any of that matters, but... I've done all these things and I've proven that, you know, I'm a loyal person and I'm a good friend or whatever. And the one time that yeah. you think that I did something, then all that goes out the window to go along right. with what you're saying with your, with trust. Yeah. To bring it back home. Uh, <laughs> I know. Right. Bring it back to that. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know it's tricky, bro. And cause that, that like kind of, uh, transgression, mm-hmm. it can, what I've also read about in a, uh, another book by, uh, what's the author? self-help guru female Brene Brown you know Brene Brown yes. um, so she talks about trust being um, like a marble jar where you put one marble in for each you know value, act of trust mm-hmm. right you throw in those marbles in the jar and it fills up and you have a good amount of trust for somebody mm-hmm. right and then somebody when somebody makes a, a transgression against you you take a marble out yeah Right. She was making this like alliteration to like her uh, her classroom. Like, I guess her daughter did it in her classroom. And then it was like, it's like, just like the marble jar. Like the, the class would do it for every time they did something good. Like at a class, they would all get, you know, a prize at the end of it. If they have a, a full glass jar of marbles. Um, but she made a alliteration, uh, illusion, alliteration to um, trust being like that. If you throw marbles in there when people, you know, are riding with you and you can build trust mm-hmm. with them through experiences, through conversation and it grows and it gets to that level. But then when they, you know, transgress against you, it, it feels like it's there that you take them out. Something like that, like an egregious transgression can dump them all out. Yeah. You know, that's kind of where it was with my ex. Like it got to a point where we just dropped the whole marble jar. It was shattered. Shattered. Yeah, shattered. <laughs> all, marble all over the place. They ain't putting that one back together. But, uh, <laughs> It's like that, you know. Unfortunately, sometimes those things can't happen, and it's hard to build those back up. I have a question. You know, 
So in regards Hopefully to not your, that with this with this lady that you had to. Well, if it happens, it happens. Help. I mean, I, I always I use the saying that I've never lost a friend that I needed, and I believe that. Um. So if the friendship is gone, then that means I didn't need it. Maybe just for that time period. And then most huh? friendships, yeah. I feel that for myself, I can only speak for myself, is that when I go into certain friendships, I do not um, allow myself to be that vulnerable, which I need to yeah. work on. Because if it yeah, does go, it, if it does go sour, I made sure that I never needed you for anything. I never right. asked you for anything, never, you know. And, but the people come to me and they're so vulnerable. And so in a sense, like it's kind of one sided, like, yes, I'm always there for them. So they appreciate it, it, but I don't give them that same amount of trust and stuff because I don't want to be hurt or. Right. You don't want to be hurt. You don't want to risk, you know, the reduction. You don't want to risk the the fallout. Exactly. So like usually when I end friendships, like, yeah, they may hurt when I leave, but I'm okay. Like, right, because you weren't because you weren't truly exactly, invested. You weren't yeah. really. Yeah, I never needed you anyway. Invested. So I'm just and right. It, it reminds me of this Latoya Luckett song where she says like, um, it's about her, she refers to a relationship how like she you know got into this relationship and loves this person or whatever. But now when it's time mm-hmm. to keep the relationship, she's trying to think like, why? What do I need to keep it for? Like, what made me uh-huh. get into it in the first? And that's kind of how I am with friendships. Like. And it's like, why am I still staying in the? Why yeah. do I still have this friendship? Because they right. really did nothing for me, you know. I shouldn't yeah, think like that. Should, yeah. but it's hard to, to like be vulnerable and share some, be, you know, yeah. hard parts about yourself. And yeah. yeah, and people like, and I say like, I'm I'm a pretty open book. I say this, I'm an open book, but it's up to the people to choose to read it. So if no one asks okay. me questions, I'm not gonna sit there and tell them anything much, you know. Like there's certain things, and right. I made this i sent this text out i think i sent it to you too um for certain people and i was saying that in most friendships um we don't get too deep we don't get too vulnerable we don't you know we may tell people when we're when we're mad because that's easy like Mm -hmm. you know you want to get it Mm -hmm. off your chest or whatever but we usually don't tell people when we're we're reacting we don't tell people when we're hurt and we usually don't Mm -hmm. even really tell people when we're really happy um because sometimes we feel like you know feel guilty about being really yeah, happy like feel guilty. That's how I feel. Yeah. That's... and even even people sometimes aren't happy for you like i used to have a friendship where i yeah, got promoted yeah. and i was like oh dude i got promoted he did not say anything i was like okay so like you're not even happy right. for me when you win but when he got promoted he's like oh you gotta take me out to dinner i got promoted too <laughs> And my dumb self took him out too, because you know that's the friend I am, you know. Right, yeah. no, I, feel, I feel that. But it is. What I it feel is. that. Um, but it what I was going to ask you in regards <laughs> to your relationship, so as I said, I was I'm a life coach. I have this. I don't want to say it's a program because it's not a program, at least not yet. Um, I have this a uh, quiz basically, and it tells your your ten um, most value needs. Uh, I'm sorry, your four most value needs, um, things that you need in your life or whatever, what's not being fulfilled. Yeah. Um, and for one of those cases, like sometimes these things happen, like, so control, like if you feel that you always need to be in control, like you're saying with your ex or whatever, Mm -hmm. it's because certain things aren't being fulfilled in your life. And that's why you're doing these things. So for me, one of my needs was being control and in control can be something as little, little as holding the remote control when you guys are watching movies, just because you feel like you have you have control over if something happens, you want to stop it. You have that control, even though you're not going to do it. You still have that yeah, control. Yeah, yeah. Uh, driving, always taking the lead. I'll, I'll drive. Even though you don't want to drive, you have control over the situation because you're the driver. So it could be yeah. like little things like that um, that you people don't even notice, but like it stems from something, you know? So my mm-hmm. question, where do you feel that you know, in a past relationship, do you feel that those controlling needs, did you pick up on them before? Like, do you feel that they extended from, extended from somewhere? Do I feel like they stem from somewhere in my ex? Yes. Or do I, or did I do the reflection on where they came from in myself? Either or. Um. Yeah, I saw I saw it in both of them. You know, like not boasting or bragging, but I like to think that I'm pretty self aware. Like I do a lot of like self reflection, a lot of prayer, um, and you know, I'm pretty honest with myself, and can dig deep into like why. I do things behaviorally 
And when it came to the control that I noticed in her, well, first, before I go, before I go into that, can I go back into a thought on um, the previous one? Because I wanted to talk about like um, being vulnerable with friendships because I feel you on that. Like it's yeah. definitely something that I'm working at, like to try to be vulnerable, to try to be more open, to try to be more um, just like trusting and just like, you know, letting be letting myself be seen, um, you know, regardless of the outcome. So um, I told a client this this morning and I told her about like getting into a new relationship because now that it's been like about a year, like I am you know, um, wanting to date and wanting to, you know, get into a new relationship, uh, a last official relationship, hopefully, but I've been, you know, wanting that. It's definitely been, um, on my needs, uh, one of my needs lists, right. It's that love and belonging. Um, but, um, I thought about this on the way to go train her and I, and the thought came to me in like why some of us don't go, jump into relationships and if a lot of us are afraid, right, of the, um, like the outcome, the fallout, mm-hmm. right, that we fear the breakup more than we um, seek the pleasure and the love, right? So I, I'm at a point where I know that, like, the rejection may happen, right? But the pleasure of falling in love, is, it outweighs the pain of, you know, being alone or being rejected, mm-hmm. you know? So for me, that's where I know I can, like, take that leap of faith you know, and try to be more vulnerable and go out and do what I need to do because the reward and pleasure of love mm-hmm. outweighs the pain and rejection of, you know, loneliness and uh, rejection. So just to chime in with what you were saying, no, I no, felt like no, that no, definitely do you not, so resonated with me. Would you say you're a hopeless romantic? I think so. I would, I would consider myself more of a hopeless romantic. I definitely I'm um, completely opposite. I go all in, I jumped all in and I'm definitely devoted and loyal and sometimes to a fault because I can um, you know, not stand true to like my my truth and my beliefs, you know. Um, like with my ex, like I know we I started strong in my faith mm-hmm. and she wasn't a believer and it made her it made me kind of like wane from my faith. That's I would still pray and still be, you know in touch with God, but not as much as I am now. So That's what I felt I like I did that because of her. I say you know? this with uh, people, like, I don't see how people can be, uh, date like a vegan. The reason I say that is because at some point, like, either you're going to either turn into a vegan too, or at least a vegetarian, or they're going to break yeah. that diet. And the same thing goes with a lot of different things. When your culture or whatever, your religion or whatever is so off base sometimes the relationship yeah. just doesn't work because you guys aren't sharing the same values exactly yeah the values got to be in alignment 100 percent. so with um the critical nature right let's go back to that and talk about why i felt like she would be controlling or why i would allow myself to be controlled um i think um my ex grew up uh, without saying too much about her, um, grew up in a, an environment that was very um, volatile. So in order to keep herself safe, she needed to, you know, be right and be in control. And, you know, I think was uh, kind of led into like kind of raising her family um, early on. So she always had this level of control for her family. So when you are raised in something for so long, it becomes a big part of you and it comes out in so many little ways, like grabbing the remote control Mm -hmm. or wanting to drive because you are so used to being in control that it's hard to over override that natural instinct. Well, that learned instinct, you know, because it's now embedded in your just DNA almost. Yeah. And I guess in the same way, um, I allowed myself to be controlled because I grew up in an environment where it was very hostile. Uh, my dad was very um, like verbally and emotionally abusive, uh, physically abusive sometimes too. And it got to the point where I would need to stay in check in order to stay safe, right? So I would need to like stay within, you know, the, the ground rules or within the like boundaries, within the rules, whatever it is the restrictions in order to like not feel the lash of, you know, whatever his wrath would be if um, I didn't do what he was asking. So I think I fall in line because of, um, because of that, you know, because I was raised like that. 
I, I fall in line quickly. And I think that's why internally I don't like, like I don't like that in authority. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it's like my, my child, my pain body, my inner child. It's like, nah, I'm trying to fight. I want to rebel. Like, nah, I don't yeah. want that. Like, no, I can't have that. You know, I can't I get triggered because of my, uh, you know, the way I was raised. So, um, I think I allowed that in the relationship because I was used to that subconsciously, you know, because of how I was raised. Um, so I think that that's where that, why that happened, but you know, it's not, you know, what I know I needed. Like I can't live in fear and anxiety, wondering if I'm always going to be doing something to, you know, to set somebody off, Yeah, which is what it felt like, you know? So I couldn't live like that, you know, with my pops, uh, I couldn't live like that with my ex. So I knew that I couldn't continue on like that because safety is a big need. Mm-hmm. Physiologically, it's one of our, you know, basic needs. Uh, if we're talking Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, so we got to go to what we know we need, you know, and physiologically, we need to feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, psychologically, we need to feel loved. So those things kind of, <laughs> they, they kind of counter Oh, what is it? They're kind of counterintuitive to safety and yeah. belonging, feeling like, you know, critiqued and criticized or judged and all that all the time, you know? Yeah, you should definitely take my quiz on my, it's on my website, Terrell Garnett. Anybody listening, go take my quiz um, and find out what your four most valuable needs are because sometimes we don't realize what we what we need and we do certain things to try to counter, you know, to try to offset what we need and we don't even realize it. Um, right and safety is is a high important need and you may feel that that's a need that you you need however you may actually be fulfilling it and you don't even realize it so that's actually not one of your most valuable needs or whatever but um hmm. yeah i'll uh cool. go to the website check it out it's under quizzes um and yeah um but awesome i have to go um yeah, I know. I know you said you had a hard yeah, seven. Exactly. I got to get back to there, this wedding. Yeah, too, so. there's so much more that we you need to touch off. on. So I do want to um, do another one with you. Um, yeah, that'd be there's great. There's so much more to touch on. But before I let go, I'm going to play one more song by The Walls Group. Um, this is like my fav- my fav- one of my favorite songs by them. Um, and it's actually not on any platform anymore. It's called High and Lifted. So I'm going to play this and be out um but before i do this tell the people where they can find you um i just put up my website uh you can find me at you can get my information at corebycal.com that is spelled k-o-r-e-b-y-k-a-l.com um i'm on instagram with the same handle uh at corebycal um k-o-r-e-b-y-k-a-l i'm also on tiktok very sparingly uh, <laughs> with the same handle and then um yeah facebook at calvin henry and um yeah you can find me also driving around town i got my uh decal on my truck now put up the awesome. decal on my truck so i got my website on the truck and the phone awesome. number on the truck so you guys can just reach out to me there and then uh be able to set up some uh workouts um athletic training whatever it is Perfect, perfect. So I'm going to play this song and head out. But we will have to do a part two. Um, just to finish the dialogue, so I feel like yeah, there's so yeah. much more that we could have touched on. Um, For sure, yeah. It was a great conversation. Exactly. So here is High and Lifted and by The Walls Group. Cool. Wanna see brighter days, God, oh God. Under dirt, losing pace every day, hard. I've been in this place. What can I say? Elevate, elevate when I'm in your grace. I need some vision, renewing my mission. Cut out my division. Now I'm feeling lifted, envision the heavens. And I do expect it. My method blessed. I need blessings on blessings. You keep me up, I know Jesus ain't switching. I'm gifted and spreading your love to these children. Giving you everything, pour it back, make it stack. I've been drowning in sin with no slack. You keep me high. Come down, cause you stay with me. You keep me high. 